This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 185 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPPN Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1992. Room for Two premiered on ABC on March 24, 1992 at 9.30 p.m. Linda Lavin returns to series TV, now playing the mother of a soon-to-be TV star, Patricia Heaton. Heaton produces a local New York television show, and Lavin moves in from Ohio after she's widowed. Lavin winds up with an on-camera spot on that local show. Peter Michael Gitz plays the neighbor and BFF, John Putsch plays Lavin's new boyfriend, and Bess Meyer, a co-worker on the show within a show. We cover Linda Lavin on episode 81 for Alice, Peter Michael Gitz on episode 118 for Aftermash, Bess Meyer in episode 165 for Normal Life, and we'll get to Patricia Heaton once we reach her better-known show. John Putsch's father ran a theater company, and John was on stage by age five. It helps that his mother was Jean Stapleton. A guest spot on All in the Family led to a recurring role on One Day at a Time. He also had a run on The Magical World of Disney. Films include Jaws 3D, The Sure Thing, Clear and Present Danger, Star Trek Generations, City of Angels. Putsch moved over to directing on TV, Battleborgs, Grounded for Life, Scrubs, Cougar Town, American Housewife, and film, including a trilogy involving his hometown near US-30 in Pennsylvania. Room for Two is very much Lavin's show, which makes sense with her track record. The show managed to eke out a second season after a short first season, 26 episodes total, two of which never aired. There's another series from 2017, Great News, that used a very similar concept. I watched an episode on YouTube. The opening theme, which I'm guessing Lavin sang, is broken up by multiple short stingers by the mother and daughter. Dick Cavett guest stars as Lavin's co-host on a telethon, just as Lavin's character begins menopause and Heaton decides to move in with her boyfriend. This show feels like it came from the 70s, complete with jazzy intro music to each scene. It makes sense, since Lavin is the executive producer. Stand By Your Man premiered on Fox on April 5, 1992 at 10 p.m. Another show starring two female leads, one an established star and the other about to become one. Melissa Gilbert and Rosie O'Donnell play sisters whose husbands are sent to prison for bank robbery. O'Donnell plays Lorraine, who moves from a house trailer to Rochelle Gilbert's New York mansion. Rick Hall and Sam McMurray play the husbands. Lorraine works at a discount store alongside Rusty Schwimmer and Ellen Ratner. Miriam Flynn plays a snobby next-door neighbor. Now, we covered Miriam Flynn on episode 106 for Maggie and Sam McMurray on episode 108 for Baker's Dozen. Melissa Gilbert was put up for adoption at birth and picked up a day later by an actor and a dancer. Her adoptive mother was the daughter of the man who created the Honeymooners, 
They later divorced, and she remarried, giving birth to Sarah Gilbert of Roseanne and the Big Bang Theory. Melissa was doing commercial work at a young age. She attended school with the daughter of Michael Landon, and Melissa beat out 500 other candidates for the role of Laura Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie. The series ran from 74 to 83, and her character grew from a girl to a married woman during the run. Gilbert spent the rest of the 80s doing TV movies before returning to series work on Stand By Your Man. Other TV work? Batman the Animated Series, voice work, Sweet Justice, Babylon 5, Secrets and Lies, and a string of Christmas movies for the Hallmark Channel. In 2001, Gilbert was elected as president of the Screen Actors Guild. She played the Ma Ingalls role in a musical version of Little House in a national tour. She ran for U.S. Congress in 2015, but after becoming the presumptive nominee, she was forced to drop out due to health issues. Gilbert has battled alcoholism and drug abuse for decades. She's been married to Bruce Boxleitner and Timothy Busfield. Rosie O'Donnell got into comedy in high school, dropping out of college for stand-up. She got her big break on Star Search, which led to Gimme a Break, VH1 as a VJ, and various talk and game show appearances, all before Stand By Your Man. O'Donnell was about to burst onto the big screen. A League of Their Own, Sleepless in Seattle, Basic Instinct, The Flintstones, Exit to Eden, Beautiful Girls. She got her own daytime talk show, which ran for six seasons, earning her four daytime Emmys. And at the same time, she had a run on the Hollywood Squares. A decade later, she would make a short run at another eponymous talk show. In 2006 and 7, she had a contentious run on The View. She was in the running to replace Bob Barker on The Price is Right, but reportedly turned it down due to a required move to the West Coast. Other TV work? Nip Tuck, Drop Dead Diva, Web Therapy, The Fosters, Smilf, Russian Doll, The L Word Generation Q. She had come out as a lesbian in 2002. She appeared on Broadway in Grease, Susical, Taboo, and the 2004 Fiddler on the Roof. O'Donnell also partnered to stabilize the faltering McCall's magazine as Rosie's McCall, a.k.a. Rosie, a competitor to the Oprah magazine. Rick Hall appeared in the films Three Fugitives and My Fellow Americans and did TV work on Casey Undercover, along with dozens of guest spots. Rusty Schwimmer would go on to TV's Ned Blessing, Ladies' Man, The Guardian, The Righteous Gemstones, with many guest spots, along with films Highlander 2, Candyman, Twister, Amistad, The Perfect Storm, Ed TV, and Runaway Jury. Ellen Ratner would go on to Prime Suspect and Bizard Vark. Stand By Your Man was a remake of UK series Birds of a Feather, which was still in production at the time. It didn't get good reviews or ratings and lasted all of eight episodes can only find a clip online. The opening explained the whole concept via Fox announcer Joe Cipriano. The humor is classic early Fox, raunchy and lowbrow. I'm glad it was just a clip. Julie premiered on ABC on May 30, 1992, at 8.30 p.m. 
The Julie in question is Julie Andrews, who had, until this point, only dabbled in TV. She probably should have stayed in her lane. She plays the star of a TV variety series, a concept that had already gone the way of the dodo by 1992, who marries a veterinarian, James Ferentino, and moves to his home in Iowa. Improbably, she gets the network to agree to move the variety show there to the astonishment of her producer, played by Eugene Roach. She also takes charge of the husband's two kids, played by Haley Tyree and Ryder Strong. We covered James Ferentino on episode 130 for Mary, Eugene Roach on episode 60 for The Corner Bar, and we'll cover Ryder Strong when we get to his better-known series. Julie Andrews was born in Surrey, UK, and her parents divorced during World War II. Her mother remarried, and they both performed for the troops. Julie's talent was quickly uncovered, and she was sent to vocal training. By age 12, she was performing an aria as part of a musical review at the London Hippodrome. A year later, she became the youngest solo performer ever at a royal performance. BBC Radio and Television followed, along with West End Theatre. At age 19, she had her first Broadway role in The Boyfriend. A year later, she portrayed Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady, earning the first of three Tony nominations. Richard Rogers was so impressed with Andrews that he wrote a musical for television specifically for her, Cinderella, which was seen by 107 million viewers, earning the first of 11 Emmy noms. In the late 50s, she started a run of appearances and hosting of variety shows, some with her good friend Carol Burnett. She was cast as Guinevere in Broadway's Camelot, her second Tony nom, followed by her first major film, Disney's Mary Poppins, earning her an Oscar, Golden Globe, and Grammy. The film directly competed with the film version of My Fair Lady, a role she lost because she wasn't considered a big enough name. Audrey Hepburn got the part, but her vocals came from Marnie Nixon. Next came The Sound of Music, with a second Oscar nom and Golden Globe win. Other film work, Hawaii, Thoroughly Modern Millie, 10, SOB, Victor Victoria, her third Oscar nom, with the later Broadway version earning her a Tony nomination, The Pink Panther franchise, The Man Who Loved Women, A Fine Romance, The Princess Diaries, The Shrek franchise, voice work, The Despicable Me franchise, voice work, Aquaman, as well as TV movies and Julie's Green Room and Bridgerton. She had a long association with Disney doing narration and appearances at the parks. A 1997 surgery to remove non-cancerous nodules from her vocal cords permanently lost Andrews her four-octave singing voice. Her awards include three Oscar noms, 11 Emmy noms with two wins, three daytime Emmy noms, 14 Golden Globe noms with five wins, four BAFTA noms with two wins, six Grammy noms with three wins, Lifetime Achievement Awards from the American Film Institute, the Screen Actors Guild, the Kennedy Center Honors, and was made a Dame Commander of the British Empire in 2000. Even the star power of Julie Andrews could not save Julie the sitcom. TV Guide stated that the show looked like something that came out of a time capsule buried around 1972. Seven episodes produced, with one never airing. Julie's husband, Blake Edwards, directed and executive produced the series. I found an episode on YouTube. Henry Mancini, of all people, wrote the show's theme, a ballad showing the cast in very soft focus. It begins with Julie ending her variety show with thunderous applause. 
Julie makes the move to Iowa on impulse. She's never been there, and it doesn't go well. Of course, despite going through a rainstorm, she's perfectly quaffed. The kids, of course, immediately fall in love with her. She's Mary Poppins, for God's sake. Her producer is there to make wisecracks. We get an on-screen vomit from one of the kids, shocking for the 1990s. There's a quickie wedding at the end of the episode, so the couple can sleep in the same bed. You know I'm a dreamer most of the time But I got the rhythm and he's got the rhyme I got the wind in Vinny and Bobby premiered on Fox on May 30, 1992 at 9.30 p.m. A retooling of Fox flop Top of the Heap, episode 176, which was in turn a spinoff of the much more successful Married with Children. Two characters from Top of the Heap were moved to the new show. Vinny, played by Matt LeBlanc, a construction worker and proto-Joey, and Mona, Joey Lauren Adams, Vinny's teenage neighbor who's got a crush on him. Bobby, Robert Torty, is Vinny's roommate and childhood friend. John Panette, Ron Taylor, Fred Stoller, and Colleen Morris are Vinny's co-workers, with Vidal Peterson as Mona's would-be boyfriend. We covered Joey Lauren Adams on episode 176 for Top of the Heap, and we'll cover Fred Stoller soon for his better-known series. As we know, LeBlanc has friendlier things coming soon. Robert Torty had a long run on Soap Generations just before this series. He also had runs on Days of Our Lives, The Drew Carey Show, Spider Games, The Young and the Restless, and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Films include That Thing You Do and Race to Witch Mountain. He made his Broadway debut in Starlight Express with a Tony nom, and later had a run in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. John Panette got a degree in accounting, but turned to stand-up. He toured with Sinatra in his later years. His films include Junior and the Punisher, with TV work on Parker Lewis Can't Lose and High Tide. He even made it to Broadway in Hairspray. Panette passed in 2014 at age 50. Ron Taylor was a football player in college, but turned to singing, attending the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Broadway followed, UB, Little Shop of Horrors, as the killer plant Audrey II, and The Three Musketeers. He created a musical review, It Ain't Nothing But the Blues, which made its way to Broadway, earning him two Tony nominations. Films include Trading Places, The Ice Pirates, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Who's That Girl, and A Rage in Harlem, with dozens of TV guest roles. Taylor passed in 2002 at age 49. Colleen Morris appeared in films Canine and Death Becomes Her, with a regular role on Valley of the Dolls. Vidal Peterson appeared in the MST'd Wizards of the Lost Kingdom and made two appearances in Star Trek series. Vinny and Bobby had no more luck than its predecessor, seven episodes and gone. At least it freed up Matt LeBlanc. Found an episode on YouTube with a rockabilly opening theme, starting with the leads as kids moving to adulthood. It's an early Fox series, so get ready for a lot of woos from the audience and girls in short skirts. At one point, there's a very fake bar fight. My God, was this terrible. (laughs) 
More of 1992 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.